Thank you for turning my look at this crowd for 1st of January. And, but as you can see, we're just full of the goodness of God. What a Christmas. Amen. What a time to be alive. I had an encounter uh, Christmas night. And uh, I know that we've been ministering different things over the last two to three months. And, but I had found myself, we had just got, you know, basically home you know, maybe a day and a half before, a couple of days before, and went to bed on Christmas night just like any other night. And, and you know, about, it must have been about five, between five and six, I had this encounter. And it was very real. And this encounter came to, to truly not do good. And uh, I like the, the good encounters, the encounters with the Lord. But this encounter was not... It was a very dark being, and this dark being had an agenda. It was very real. One could say is, well, maybe it was just a bad dream, Pastor Paul. No. I've had bad dreams in my days, and uh, this was not a bad dream. This was very real. It was not a figment of my imagination. It was literally happening and going down in time. And it made me more aware of that which stands against. This revealed itself to me, I know it, by the Spirit of the Lord as a spirit of religion. It can come in different forms and God will speak to other people about other things as, they, as you and they seek your, His face regarding things. But I knew I knew very, 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 uh, without doubt, within my being, that this was a dark prince that had come to stop me. And it played out um, in such a way that it, 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 it attacked vocally Pastor Karen. Well, I knew within my, myself that the attack against her was unfounded, um, completely unfounded. There was no substance for it whatsoever. But I knew that as Ephesians 5 tells us, as representative of the church, our wives treat our wives as Christ treats the church. I knew that this attack was coming against the church. And that was then confirmed to me by a minister that I respect very highly who had heard what I had uh, put out on Millennial's page. Um, I was going to do it on prayer coach, but I really felt that the Lord had said to me, no, I want you to go on the church's page and I want you to let the people know exactly what happened so that they will understand some of these things and know that religion wants to take no prisoners. A move of God is coming. I want you to shout amen to that. How many people actually believe that? Let me see your hands. We may be in the minority somewhat still, but the majority will come as the Spirit of God begins to sweep and more people get caught up in what it is that God is doing and His plan for them. But I knew that this spirit was trying to come against the church. You could say millennial. Well, I wouldn't say just millennial in itself. 
but I wouldn't exclude it. And also, then, this, this person, before it revealed itself to me, was in my car, talking to me, accusing Karen. And it wasn't of wrongdoing, it was just verbal slander. And it was in my car, so I knew, oh, so this person, or this prince, this demonic being, is not working without this is trying to work from within. I want you to shout it out. It'll never succeed. Now I can tell you that. Because if you don't know me yet, get to know me this year. Religion will never win at Millennial. I will declare it again because, and you say this is a wild moment to start the new year. I'm starting it in the way that we're going to go on. In the right direction with everything that needs to be under our feet. Under our feet. These things don't happen so that you can just say, oh, you know, that was an awful moment in the middle of the night. I have felt for a period of time that I was under tremendous attack from religion, Jezebelic and Leviathan spirits. Words. And the Lord took me to that portion of Scripture, of course, Ephesians 6, especially in one translation where it says that the enemy comes against you with accusation and slander. And that's why he says you must wear your armor so that your mind will be protected your heart will be protected. That you will tighten that belt of truth. That you will always know how to lift the shield of faith. That every fiery dart of the enemy will be quenched. I'm going to declare that one more time. Every fiery dart of the enemy will be quenched. That is a responsibility of mine. People may accuse or slander, but my responsibility is to ensure that it does not prosper. We'll try that one more time. People may say what they want to say, but my responsibility is to ensure that what they say or what the enemy tries to form through them does not get to me because I have the armor of God. Shut it out. I have the armor of God. How many people believe this is a good word this morning? Come on, everybody. I have the armor of God. You can't stop people saying things. People will say things about you all your life. Good things and bad things. There's nothing really you can do about that. But what you can do is that you can stop them from impacting and affecting you. And that is why the armor is so key and so critical. After this encounter, I knew Things that I had been reading, things that I had been studying, things that I had been bringing to you was made so much clearer to me that even, you know, someone will say, well, I don't, Brother Brady, I don't read the Passion Translation or I don't read this. Well, let me tell you something. God has no issue with it because some of the things that he spoke to me about and showed me were written in there in a way that you could plainly and clearly see and there was no, no room 
for any other suggestion. It was clear. So I've served notice on this being, and I've told this being, no matter what you want to do, no matter who you want to come through, you will not prosper. That's a good place to give the Lord praise. So say this with me. I have the helmet of salvation. I have the breastplate of righteousness. Now let's just touch your mouths right now. Because this is where it's going to either be strengthened or fall apart. I'm not talking about millennial. I'm talking about you. Because you sow to your own hurt. It's the truth. Those words will eventually come back and cause your house to crumble. If you're used by Satan. I have the breastplate of righteousness. Phew, that's anointed. As I said, people can say what they want to say. I just know I have a responsibility to respond in the affirmative of what is my responsibility as a believer. I can sit and huff and puff all day long about what you said about me, Sean. And I pray that you didn't. <laughs> But it is my responsibility to not sit and think about what you're saying, but to ensure that what's working behind trying to come through you does not prosper and get through to me. I have a shield of faith. I'll say that one more time. I have a shield of faith. I'll try it one more time. I have a shield of faith. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. I'm going to say it one more time. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. In every tongue. In every tongue. In every tongue that rises against me in judgment. I will show to be in the wrong. I declare over you this year that you're going to show things to be in the wrong. That words that were unjust, that came by satanic beings towards you to hurt you and to harm you through ignorance of, of unassuming people shall not prosper against you this year. In the name of Jesus, I lift up the cover and shield of faith. In the name of Jesus, that quenches every fiery dart of the enemy. In the name of Jesus. Sometimes you think that you can speak about things or others on an authority. But when you don't know everything that's going on in somebody's life, you don't have the authority to even sit and talk about what you think others should do. <laughs> it's a good word. Hallelujah. Some of you are saying amen because you know what? <laughs> 
It's either that or run out the door. But if you're getting to know me, I want you to know what type of person I am. I'm a fighter. I pastor offensively. I'm not one to sit behind a door and a wall and just push things around a desk. I believe there's more eternal things that need to be sorted on your behalf than just pushing paper every day of my life. How many people understand that? Jesus never pushed paper around the desk. He never drew up behind the desk and said, okay, boys, let's start the administration of the Jesus Evangelistic Association. I believe in administration, and I thank God for all those amazing administrators that make what I do work. But I am a mobilizer, an activator. I am a fighter. I fight for you. I stand with you, even if you never saw me. People can verify. I don't sit on the phone all day, every day. I don't micromanage from the corner of a desk saying, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. I believe in Holy Ghost intuition that if one is truly called to do what it is that they are anointed to do, then there will be a synchrony and a harmony in all that God wants done and produced through a work. Can I have a big amen? amen? This spirit of religion wants to take more than what you'll ever be able to give. It demands rules. Because you can work through rules void of relationship. But yet everything in the kingdom works by and through relationship. Everything, everything that is of the kingdom is relationship oriented. It thrives on that. The moment that you bring rules is the moment that religion starts to get a foothold. I'm not talking about structure. I'm not talking about patterns and preparation and ways to do things. I'm talking about swapping out relationship for rules. Even the Father knew that the law in itself could not secure our citizenship, our Heirhood, our inheritance as the family of God. So he sent Jesus. And it was relationship all the way. That relationship doesn't mean that you have to be in each other's pockets all the time. It just means that the strength of that relationship is so much stronger 
than rules that are needed to cause that friendship, relationship to work. I hope I'm making sense. Religion will take from you. It'll steal from you. It'll take more than what you ever want to give if you play with it. It'll even cause you in some way to prosper because you feed it. If I do this and do this and do this and do this. But there is so much about the kingdom that cannot be planned a week ahead, a month ahead, a year ahead. Even Jesus on the earth demonstrated. Even to those that were closest to him, they didn't know sometimes what was happening the next day. Never mind that evening. But yet, there was a desire within these early disciples to follow the Christ no matter what. If he says, we're going here, they went. If he said, we're doing this, they did it. Peter might have been the one that would have said, um, hello? Excuse me? We're not going to let that happen. And Jesus says, you don't know what you're talking about. That sounded really Oklahoma, didn't it? <laughs> and told him to get behind him as a devil. That doesn't really work in 23. According to the ones that grow churches, you couldn't really grow churches on telling people that they're devils. But yet Jesus wasn't behind the door by calling it how it was. I want you to say this with me. I bind, I bind. the spirit of religion. I love the Lord with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul. He leads me, guides me. I am filled with the love of God. Come on, say that again. I am filled by the love of God. For the love of God is shed abroad in my heart by the Holy Spirit. Come on, are you receiving this today? Come on, how many people believe this year has great things ahead for us all? Come on, shout it out. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Plans for heaven. A desire to want to spend time with the Lord. A desire to want to get up and pray with the Lord. A desire to want to spend time in His Word. A desire to get up and affirm and assure that the, what? The armor is on securely. Yes. When was the last time you ensured that the armor was on? Because if you're sitting thinking about what other people are saying, then your helmet's crooked, my dear sister. That's getting through. And you need to be as slippy with the oil of joy. That no matter what the spirit of religion tries to say through people, we'll never be able to stick. I'll say it again. We'll never be able to stick. Shut it out. I'm filled with joy. 
I'm filled with the oil of joy. Oh, I'm filled with the oil of joy. Oh, come on, say it one more time. This might be the only time you say it this year. Come on, I'm filled with the oil of joy. I want you to go to Psalm 23 with me, please. I, I understand we're, we have restrictions of time here, but I'd like you all to go. If you don't have your Bible, go on your phone. I want you all to see this with me. I want you to read it with me um, because it's important. As your pastor, I'd like you this year to start bringing your Bible back to church. Start bringing, I know, I know, I, well, I bring it in my phone. Start bringing your Bible. Wave it in the face of the devil. That's right. Tell him this is the bread of life. And I was told to eat the scroll. Come on. I know it's easy on your phone and some people want to call me a dinosaur. But we make sure that even our 12-year-old takes her Bible with her everywhere that she goes. Even if it's on her phone or her iPod, she still takes her Bible. How many people know that Bible covers on Bible still look good? So let's go to Psalm 23. I'm going to read from the New Kings, our New King James Version. And it says this, The Lord is the shepherd of his people. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. And surely goodness and mercy shall follow me three days of my life. Two days of my life. One year of my life. Shout it out. I have the victory over every principality and power. How many people believe that? Wave at me right now. I have the victory. Now, when you have a victorious moment or you have a breakthrough in God, I know it's tempting to get excited that you've had a breakthrough. But you must never, ever get so like party oriented that you get off the offensive because when the believer steps off the offensive, the enemy comes with a counterattack. So you can have victory, but then you can also have a quick defeat. And you can go like a yo-yo, back and forward by victory and defeat, victory and defeat. But that is not God's plan for your life. God wants you to go from faith to faith, from glory to glory, and from victory to victory. So say this with me. I take authority over every satanic counterattack planned against me in Jesus' name. Come on, one more time. I bind the spirit of religion. I am in love with Jesus Christ. I love the Father in the name of Jesus. And every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father in James 1:17. But when I inquired of this year and inquired of this season, Psalm 23 kept coming to me. You say, that's cute, year 23. You know, Psalm 23. 
But the more that I have delved in it, the more that I've got in it, I know that this is a word to the body of Christ. It is full of everything good. It is full of his plan. It is full of his assurance. It is full of his life. It is full of heaven's word to us. In the message translation, I know that you'll have to look at me and listen to me now. Verse 1 says it like this. God, my shepherd, I don't need a thing. (laughs) This is Yahweh Rohi. The shepherd. The eternal shepherd. And David has come to a place in maturity... That he's now telling God, because you have been the greatest shepherd, I do not need a thing. I want you to lift your hand and say, me too. The shepherd is desiring to be found by all of us. Some know him as Jesus, but do you know him as shepherd? Because if you know him as shepherd, then there's going to be no want. David had come to a place that he knew that he had a pastor eternally. The shepherd of the ages had become known to him. And maturing through the years had found not only him to be almighty God, but found him To be the eternal shepherd. So God my shepherd. I don't need a thing. You bedded me down in lush meadows. You find me quiet pools to drink from. True to your word. You let me catch my breath. And send me in the right direction. Even when the way goes through death valley. I am not afraid. When you walk at my side. Your trusty shepherd's crook. Makes me feel secure. You serve me a six course dinner. Right in front of my enemies. You revive my dripping head. My cup rims with blessing. Your beauty and love chase after me every day of my life. I'm back home in the house of God for the rest of my life. I want you to shut it out. I need to know the shepherd. Come on, everybody. The shepherd is good. The Amplified reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd to feed, to guide, and to shield me. I shall not lack He makes me lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness, and right standing with him. Not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil, for you are with me. I want you to say that. He is with me. Your rod to protect me, your staff to guide me, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup runs over. Surely, or I love this, only goodness 
mercy and unfailing love shall follow me two days of my life. This year, goodness and mercy are going to follow us every day of this year. I'm going to say it again. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days of this year. Going to try it one more time. Goodness and mercy are going to follow me all the days. <laughs> 365 days of 2023, I am going to be having goodness and mercy follow me every day of this year. I am not going to be without His goodness and His mercy. Oh, he goes before me. He comes behind me. He undergirds me. St. Patrick had a revelation. He said, Christ before me. Christ behind me. Christ under me. Oh, Christ in everything that I do. Christ in my mind. Christ in my heart. Oh, Supramaniah. I want you to declare this year. Christ will be in every day, every moment of every day, from the morning that I rise to the setting of the sun. Christ will be in every part. He'll be in every hour. He'll be in every minute. He'll be in every day. He'll be in the morning, the evening, and the afternoon. This year will be so Christ-centered. It will be so full of the anointing. He leads me. He guides me. He shields me. I'm glad you all came so I could talk to you about it. But whether you came or not, this is how I'm going to live this year. And he leads me in the paths of righteousness in a world that is decaying and falling apart in lies or a premium. You don't know who you can believe because we have come so, so, so far with the perfecting of a lie. He will lead me this year in the paths of righteousness. This righteousness means literally when it's translated, everything that is right, everything that is natural, everything that is moral, everything that is legal, this year equity, this year prosperity, everything will be even and everything will be a just weight. If you believe that, shout a big amen. This year we have the Spirit of the Lord leading and guiding us in times when things are darker than they've ever been. The Lord is the light that leads us. Oh, the Lord's light shines on in the darkness and the darkness have never overpowered it. Arise, shine, for thy light has come. Oh, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Gross darkness has covered the earth. But my declaration for years and years and years that whether darkness covers the earth or not, it will never cover me. Because when I sit in darkness, the Lord is my life. Any believers in this room today? The Lord is my light and my salvation. Of whom shall I be afraid? And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that sunless valley, the remembrance and the reminding of the Spirit shall always come to me and tell me that it is just a shadow. It is not my reality. Death is far from me. 
You say, you said that so many times, and I will say it so many times throughout this year, and I'm ramming it home. Death is not part of this year. Everything that is dead is coming alive. Everything that wants to die is springing back to life again. Dreams that you once had are coming to life again. Things that you used to see are going to shine brightly within your eyes one more time. I believe it with all my heart. Some of you think time is running out. It's not running out. Get with God. Get with the plan. Get with the purpose. I told several over the last few weeks, millennial is just getting started. (laughs) We're just getting started. But this year is going to move quickly. 52 Sundays today takes one away. 51 more to see the demonstration and goodness and glory of God. I want you to lift your hand and say, I'm ready in the name of Jesus. Your children will thank you. Your children will rise up and bless you. Your children will rise up and praise you. Your children will rise up and call you the blessed of the Lord because of the decisions that you're making this year. In the Passion Translation, it says this, The Lord is my best friend and my shepherd. I have always more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace. The quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring him honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away all fear. I'll never be lonely for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with the fragrance of your Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of you until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. And then afterwards, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence to be forever with you. I've been asking the Lord, why am I the way that I am? Why can't I just agree to go at the pace that others want to go at? Why do I always expect for the early rise and for whatever comes to be ready to deal with it. Why can't I just accept that less is enough? See, I looked at our trip we hardly slept 
because of the things we needed to accomplish. Driving through the night, 3.30 on a ferry, sleeping for one and a half hours to get up so that we could do something, be with someone. Someone texted me just out of the blue and they, they said, you know, I was thinking why you are the way you are. It was your training. I thought, nail on the head. See, when they trained me for the job that I did in Northern Ireland in the police force, they would come and bang you up out of bed at 2.30 in the morning, and you just got to bed at 2.15. They'd teach you how to work under sleep deprivation. They'd teach you how to sleep under, or, or under, how to work under such pressure. You'd be in training. You'd be trying to hit the target, and they'd literally be shouting at you putting you under tremendous pressure so that when you were faced with real pressure, you would hit the target. I used to think these people are evil. And some of you maybe think I am too. Because I always expect. You see, the kingdom of God is not nine to five. I know you've got your business, but this is my business. You're my business. You're the, he's the love of my life, but I tell you, you're a close second. And I'm determined that we're all going to make it. And when the enemy's bringing the fight to your door, you can't lie in, you can't sleep in, you can't get yourself just a day off. When the enemy's trying to bring the fight to your door, you got to get up like I get up. Everybody got to get up. You got to get up and begin to speak the name of Jesus. You got to get up at 3 a.m. if that need, need arises and begin to walk the floors and say, The Lord liveth, I declare in the name of Jesus. I'm asking you this year, stop making me look like the weirdo. Get on fire with me. I'm looking for people that will run with me. I'm looking for people that will run with me. If I call you at three in the morning, you say, yes, sir, let's go. Where are we going? Because this thing's not quieting down. This thing's not backing off. And this year, Psalm 23 will be an anthem to you and to me. I want you to rise every morning. And the first thing you do, you can do it if you want. I'm just encouraging you to do it. The first thing you do is I want you to reach for your Bible and I want you to declare Psalm 23. I want you to take it as a word from the Lord. And wait till you see by the time six months come the revelation you will have of the shepherd. Because you can't pray that every day and still not know anything about the one we call shepherd. Lift your hands to the Lord. I'm just looking for a church, Pastor. I, I'm just looking for good music, and I'm just looking for a message. You find it. We got great music. We got great messages. 
Stay, stay a while. But I'm telling you, while you stay, you'll start to sense something begin to happen within you. I'm telling you, your growth will start to take place within you. Oh, something of a magnitude, something of a heavenly deposit on deposit, something, something of a beautiful divine investment will start to rise within you. And something great will take place. I had somebody text me. It was either yesterday or the day before, and they were talking about Pastor, I had to do something. And normally, if I hadn't have been at Millennial or under your pastorship, I would have went in there and told them what I thought. And how I thought that they should do it. But he said, this was very different for me. He says, the love of God rules within me. And I actually find myself telling them I'm here to help you. Let me help you. What can I do to help you? That is the love of God. Lift your hands and say, I receive the love of God. The love of God is not bombastic. It's not arrogant. It's not enforcing your will upon another. You see, the shepherd, he always draws alongside. He always strengthens the feeble. Anyone can point out what's wrong. But it takes another to help get it right. I declare this year that through the power of relationship, not religion, we're going to see things be more right than what they've ever been. I know this has been long today, but I hope you didn't clock out 15 minutes ago. Come on, anybody receive something from this today? This is real. Heaven is real. Hell is real. This earth is real. We're not in some metaverse. It's real. Your life is real. And God has got a real plan for your life. And as your pastor, I'm determined to help keep you aligned so that you can receive it and so that you can fulfill it and so that you can go home to be with him and hear those words, well done thy good and faithful servant. I bless you today. I bless this people. I bless your year from the top of it to the end of it in the mighty name of Jesus for you to see great and mighty demonstrations of the King himself and as the shepherd leads and guides and feeds you.